Welcome back, everybody, to Blue Collar Whitetail Podcast, officially powered by Rackaholic Outdoors, the true whitetail sense and cover sense, made from an Indiana deer farm, 100% made by deer, from the deer to the bottle. I highly recommend the whitetail bedding scent. Uh, I'll leave you undetected. Also, shout out to AAA Shooting Supply in Laoto, Indiana. They have your gun, ammo, and archery needs. So tonight, uh, we have a special guest on here. Uh, guy I follow on TikTok. He's kind of taking it by storm. Uh, Corey Smith, I have you on. Go ahead and say hi. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I've, I've just been following your stuff here for a little bit. And uh, you seemed like the type of guy that you know, would fit in with us, and uh, we're glad that you came on. Yeah, it's always been a, it's been a goal of mine to be on a podcast, so. <laughs> well, this is, like I said, this is, uh, this is a pretty blue-collar setup, so nothing special, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know, message behind the brand, so. Um, but yeah, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. And uh, maybe how you got started into hunting as well. Uh, hi, my name's Corey Smith. I'm a 20-year-old freaking stud from Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. Uh, I grew up in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania hunting and fishing with my, my father and my three uncles. And they just kind of got me started early, early off as a kid, just wandering through the woods and telling me all sorts of random facts that I just kind of soaked up. Okay. So, yeah, that's how I got my start. Uh, and then you said you do, like, a little bit of outfitting. Uh, can you go into that a little bit, like what you do or maybe what you do for work or something like that? Yeah, so I got my guy's license uh, as soon as I turned 18 years old. Uh, I had... I was a fly fishing guide in New Mexico for a few months, and then I came back to Pennsylvania where I was raised. Nice. And I decided to get my Pennsylvania guide's license and guide for. I'm not. I'm not a big deer guide, but I'll I'll take people out if they're like friends of mine and stuff. I don't make them pay me, but when it comes to waterfowl and turkey, that's where I make a bunch of my money. And fly fishing, of course. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be that'd be quite the deal. So how uh, what is it like a. I don't know. I mean, is it like a school or something you got to go to, or is it just like a uh, – what is that? In Pennsylvania, you have to just you, – you pay 100 bucks and you have to have your insurance and all sorts of just random stuff. If I if I had to renew it, I could remember off the top of my head, but it's okay. been a while since I've had to renew my license. So. Well, yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool gig. I mean, you know, get a – get to work outside quite a bit and uh obviously the stuff we love so um i'm gonna go ahead and jump into this really quick i got a bunch of topics here for you but uh what is the story behind this unkillable bird the unkillable bird yes (laughs) so i moved home two years ago shortly after turkey season and i had reconnected with a buddy of mine from high school and he was going on and on about how there's this bird on this tiny piece of public land that he couldn't kill along with several other people. And me being me, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little cocky sometimes. I go, I can kill it. I can kill it. Oh, yeah. But the next year rolls by, and I, I didn't get a chance to go after him. And he, again, my buddy's like, 
we can't kill this bird. It's the only bird that gobbles on this piece of public property, and no one's just able to kill it. So I decided, after two years of waiting to go in after this bird, the other day I would just try to go in and see what I could do. Well, I pull into the parking lot. It's, you know, 4, 4.20 in the morning, something like that. 20 minutes goes by, and another guy pulls up, and I walk out because I want to get to the spot before he does, you know? Right. And he goes, so are you after this unkillable bird? Mind you, he's like a 40-year-old guy. He just looks like he kills turkeys. Like he <laughs> spurred necklace that was like two feet long around him. He's just... The man looked like he was straight out of a Cabela's, like, 1980s catalog. Like, he killed. Like, like Tom Brady of, of turkey killing. Yeah, I was like, man, that guy right there, he's in competition. So I sneak in there. I get I get to the general vicinity on where I was told this bird had roosted. And it's about five, a little after five in the morning, and I hear the first ow of the day. Oh, boy. And... I'm always a stickler on trying to be the first hen to talk to talk to the to talk to the longbeards. Anyways, so I let out a few yelps, and every time I do that, he responds. I let out about four or five, and all of a sudden, out of my left eye, I see lights, like a bright light, just running through the woods. And I watch the light go all the way up to the base of the turkey, to the base of that roost tree, shine up at the turkey. Like now, the turkey's illuminated because it's dark still. Wow. I hear, I hear, kaboom, and the turkey flies off. So that's probably why it's an unkillable bird, because people can't even poach it right. Oh, my God. So, but I'm going in after it tomorrow, and hopefully, hopefully I got some buddies that'll back me up on some poachers. Wow, dude. That, that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. A year-old-ish guy with, that looked like a, a stud. We had a little conversation that, he apologized to me, but he'll probably go out and do it again. Oh, yeah, naturally. Uh, yeah, you know, you were mentioning these unkillable, that unkillable bird, and I'm like, dude, I, I have, I don't know if it's the property out here that's cursed. I mean, I'm sure it's me, but uh, I just, I'm having the worst luck with turkeys. Um, it just seems like one thing after another, something bad happens, and I, I haven't killed one, so um, just a wild time. I don't get it, but yeah, I've got I've got some properties like that where I, I just never have the right setup, and something always goes wrong. Whether they see me or I don't see it every time. Oh yeah, dude, I've had I've had them uh, come straight across the field, three hundred yards, come to like I don't know sixty yards within the decoys, and the Samaritan flies over, and or the helicopter uh, out here is called the Samaritan, and it it flew over, scared them out. I call them back. And the Samaritan on the return chased them off, and I don't, it's just like it's just like one thing after another, you know. I, that's not even like a fault on you. That's just that's just bad luck. Yeah, and then like you know the times I I take I take my bow. I should have brought my gun to throw it through the honeysuckle. Uh, you know the times I bring my gun. It's like I don't know. It's just if I had like one ounce of, of luck that I have with deer hunting and just was sprinkled it on turkey like that would be nice but i don't know what the deal is um and turkeys i i say i tell everyone that turkeys are dumb birds but they're really not i just say that to say it they're very i don't want to say they're smart but they're very uh picky on 
what they're going to do. Like, they won't fly over a creek or they won't fly over a, a fence line, but sometimes you talk to them good enough and they will. Like, it, it's so flooded back here now, I wonder if that's causing part of my problem. Because I, I can get them to, like, shock goggle, shock gobble uh, in the morning. Um, I had three of them fired up, and, you know, they they flew down. It sounded like they were getting closer, and this was youth season when I took my son out. And, uh, you know, it's just like they, ne- they never came in. I was like, man, if we would have set up a little bit farther, maybe they would have saw the decoys. Um but it was like deep back in the swamp, and yeah, yeah. Then, it's always good to take kids out, though, even if you don't kill anything. Just the experience oh, of them being out. Oh, dude, he when he heard him gobbling, he was like he was just shaking to the core. I mean, he is he was ate up, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, you can always tell when you take a kid out if they have a fire in their eyes. There's some kids that I take out that don't want to be there, and their dads just made them go with me. And then other times, there's a kid that just soaks up everything you say. And those are the kids that are that in ten years are going to be wearing that today. Yeah, and that's what I mean. He's <laughs> he's so yeah. He's really ate up with all of it. But uh, yeah, I'm just I don't know what I got to do out here to kind of change my luck. But uh, the hard part is like I said, I live on uh, our property is 25 acres, so like you can run and gun to a certain point, <laughs> but like you can't, you know, you can't. You can't do much with it. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of hard, but uh, I don't know. My my wife, her dad has some land up north that's a lot bigger, but I've never really put in the time to turkey hunt it because um, it's like an hour away from here. But I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna try it this weekend. So you might as well. You never know what's gonna happen. Yep. Uh. So also, here's another one. Kind of shake things up. Do you have a cool buck story? Uh, or a cool deer story, maybe, that from a couple of... Uh, I can tell the story of my, my only Boone and Crockett deer. Okay. So, I had I went to college in Nebraska on a shotgun sports scholarship, which is just shooting clays and whatnot. That's awesome. And I had got there, and, you know, I was this, like I said, I'm a cocky dude. I was this cocky hunter from Pennsylvania. I had failed to realize that everyone's deer in Nebraska is just 10 times as big as mine in Pennsylvania. So when I get there, I'm shaking in my boots every time I see a 120-inch eight-point buck. Dang. Well, it had, it was like the last week of archery before rifle season had opened. And I had biology class at 9 a.m. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go get my, I'm just going to get my deer license before, you know, next week rifle season opens. And I'll just go sit on this piece of public land right by the college. Yeah. And I, I grab my climber, and I'm like, it's Nebraska. It's wide open. There's like five trees. <laughs> so I get in my climber, and I'm just in a wide open. Like, there's nothing around me. I'm just, it's, it looks like I'm on a telephone pole. But you ever just see, like, a 200-pound kid, like a fat freshman kid? <laughs> yeah. Telephone pole? That's what it looked like. <laughs> I have no idea how I managed to get this buck. Uh, I think you're just stupid. But I had sat there. I got there at like 4 a.m. Because I always like to be there early for no reason whatsoever. Some coming up at like 7. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And I see this eight point come through the brush. I'm like, okay. I'm going to kill this thing. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to get a Nebraska buck. And I'm going to do it before I have to go to biology class. 
Dang. Then right behind that that eight point, the eight point is probably like 130 inches. Yeah. Right behind that eight point, I see antlers just raising up out of the grass like it was bedded there. And I, my heart just starts freaking racing. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever come close to a heart attack, but that was probably. <laughs> My Apple Watch said I was going like 162 beats per minute. Holy! That's, that's my record right there, 162 beats per minute. And it stands up 40 yards away. It was bedded 40 yards away. Wow. My hungover, my hungover self managed to loudly climb up a tree in a climber and not spook those deer. So there's another check on those deer were probably stupid. Right. So they're working their way through their this tall like. I don't know what to call it, switchgrass out there, I guess. I'm mm-hmm. not too keen on what kind of native forage there is in Nebraska. And they're making their way. I'm waiting for a clear shot. And this deer steps at 20 yards. No way. And I have my I have my dad's old Matthew switchback XT. He told me when he handed it to me, he goes, I want you to shoot a boomer with this. He handed it to me when I was 14 years old. He said, I want you to shoot a boomer with this. I told him, I looked at him straight up and I went, I'm never going to shoot a boomer. With this, with this bow. I live in Pennsylvania, Dad. It's just not, it's just not gonna happen. And as I'm pulling the bow back, I just remember that whole conversation with my dad. And I anchored, and it felt like three hours before I hit the release and just watched that arrow fly. And I hit the release, and it just looked like slow motion. Like I could watch the arrow. You know how like, oh yeah, it like wrecks itself and it's like moving. Like I could see that. Oh yeah. And it just sinks into the deer. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And it piles up just out of sight. But I hadn't realized that. So what do I do? I don't know anyone in Nebraska. Like my dad's not there. I have no one to call to help me. Right. So I'm like, who am I going to call? I'm going to call my vegan roommate. <laughs> well, he decided to switch rooms shortly after this day. Oh my, I don't doubt that. Yeah, and so I ended up calling my teammates from the shotgun team, and they were all pumped for me because they know I'd never shot a deer this big. But we're going up for it. We're, we're, looking through the, we're looking through the brush. We're trailing it, and it's right there. And there's like 14 of us just absolutely just, they were so proud of me, and it, it's like my dad was right there. Oh, I bet. The amount of like excitement for that was just awesome. And, you know, I took care of the deer, and I was running late for biology class, so I go to biology class wearing the same stuff that I took care of the deer. <laughs> I got kicked out of biology class. <laughs> I looked like I got in a bar fight. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's the story on the, on the 172 inch typical. Dang, dude. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. That, it's like everything just goes still. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I'll ever experience that again. But I hope I do. Oh yeah, it'll happen, and you never know. You might, you might get a freak out there. Uh, so yeah, speak, speaking of that, like genetics or whatever. Um, so, so you're saying out in Pennsylvania, typically the the antler size is smaller. Yeah. So, our most of the DNA, most of the genetics in Pennsylvania are now Michigan deer. Okay. So back in the early 1900s, uh, Pennsylvania's deer herd was just absolutely slaughtered. 
there was like zero deer left and a true Pennsylvania deer is a basket rack with a lot of points okay you can see that when you look at my like great grandparents walls or the amounts that they have left over you can just see the, the correlation between what Pennsylvania deer used to look like and what they do now they look more like normal deer now instead of basket rack with like 16 points gotcha and yeah deer here we don't have the nutrients in the soil like the Midwest does uh, like Nebraska I did a study out there while I was in college because I was majoring in wildlife biology they have like volcanic ash soil and it just has a lot more nutrients so literally everything that they're eating out there just provides more nutrients towards antler growth and body growth Even Okay. we have the same subspecies of white-tailed deer the, the northern white-tailed deer right so like if we get a 140 inch deer here it's it's really something when out there if i shot a, if i had shot a 140 inch deer the farmer that i hung the farmer let me a, a local farmer let me hang his deer up and shot and if i had a, if i had shot a 140 inch deer you know he probably wouldn't look at me the same because he walked me in his he walked me in his garage and there's 180 190 210 jesus 170 and he's like okay i'm really in the land of the giants now but in Pennsylvania, it's there's just not there's not a lot of agriculture around from either. So they're not eating corn, they're not eating soybeans, they're eating they're eating browse, they're eating green briars, yeah, acorns, hickories, and stuff like that. And it just doesn't pro- provide enough nutrients for them compared to a lot of agricultural states. And are you guys allowed to supplement there or no? No. D- oh, see that that doesn't help either. Yeah, we can plant food plots. Mm-hmm. But we have to, like, with mineral sites and stuff, we have to completely get rid of all traces of minerals a month before season. Okay. Yeah, ours ours has to be... So I'm just not going to put minerals out anyway. Like, I'm not going to dig up the dirt just to make sure I don't get... Right. Pennsylvania right. Yeah, we have, we have a similar deal. It's got to be... It's 10 days before season. But uh, I got some buddies in Ohio that they... I mean, they can hunt right over the corn or whatever. Um... Ohio's nice. I never have luck in Ohio. I still haven't hunted that. I hunted Michigan last year for the first time, and that was crazy. Like, the deer density was just insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deer density is insane here, too. Like, we get get pockets out here every once in a while where, like, it's just loaded up. Um, But, like, I don't know. Last year here was at at my my house. Um, It was really slow, but... I mean, there there's really good genetics at our house, so that's kind of kind of nice. Um, but yeah, just like the, I don't know the doe, it, it's a lot different once you cross lines, you know. And that's what's pretty cool about jumping states. Sometimes is you get to see like what else is out there. Yeah, and it's it's noticeable. Yep. Because we had a dot. Like here, if I flip the back light, if I flip, if I flip on the light. For my backyard at night there'll be 20 deer in my yard <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it's like okay where are you guys when it's hunting season like none of them are bucks so I'll, i won't shoot them i won't shoot my pet deer right but it's like where are you guys in like the rut funnel when the rut's going on i need you guys to like bring your boyfriends to me and they're just not there oh dude they they just know they just know yeah but uh so another another one for you here. 
which I heard you touch on a little bit, but uh, what does turkey season mean for you? Turkey season for me, <laughs> turkey season was like the first thing I was addicted to as a as a kid, other than like Madden 07 on the PlayStation 2. Yes. So, uh, with my dad and my uncles, my dad didn't get a lot of didn't get to do a lot of hunting because he was in the Navy and his deputy sheriff for a total of 49 years between the two of them so they overlapped so when it came to turkey hunting I relied on my uncles I have three three great uncles and they, if I if I if someday I'm half the outdoorsman that they are I'd have made it oh yeah they're just they're just really good so turkey hunting to me is like a family experience Okay. Like, we, we don't do a deer camp here. Well, not my family, but a lot of other families do, but we don't. But turkeys, we do. Nice. And we, we get all excited, and we go out to our spots, and we're texting each other and stuff. And it was really cool, because this past Saturday, it opened. And for the first time in my entire life, I was the only one to kill a bird on opening day. Dang. So I, just rubbed, <laughs> I just rubbed it in their face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. To the next day. What do you think of this guy? <laughs> Think of this guy and my uncle's looking me and they go we passed bigger oh yeah dude i get that all the time with with deer they're uh <laughs> they're like oh you should have took the collar off of it or you know all this stupid shit but uh <laughs> that no that's pretty cool um it's kind of weird like what and i don't know how this is di it maybe it is different from pennsylvania or here but I mean, there is uh, turkey presence, but it's not near as, like, when it's deer season, Expect I mean, obviously, you know, once rifle season comes in, it's like the Orange Army, but, like, you really don't hear much people talking about turkey time, you know? Um, it kind of seems like we're kind of more few and far between, at least from what I've heard. Um, but I don't know how it's that is. definitely isn't. not the same. Like, sure, there's a lot of people that get tuned up for turkey season. But that there's also the fact that we have the second highest hunter density behind Rhode Island. So there's just a lot more hunters. So you just notice the hype. Like okay. In January, as soon as deer season ends, the buildup for turkey season starts. People start sharing last year's posts and in years before posts. And it's just like, it's such a buildup for each season. In Pennsylvania, uh, the schools get, like, the first three days off of rifle season are you it's serious just, it's like a statewide holiday oh my god yeah it's insane the like if you fly a drone over some public land in pennsylvania it'll look like a pumpkin field that's crazy but it's it's just awesome because you'll see people riding around with you know their tailgate down showing off their buck and it's like yeah oh yeah dude what well, we always well, do i don't know about other places but my rural part of pennsylvania we that's how it is. We always do a victory lap to the gas station. You gotta you gotta do that. Yeah, we just we do it at the bar. Everyone meets up at the local bar. And even when I was sixteen years old, I was in there. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't drinking of course. Oh yeah. Wink wink. But yeah. Everyone just meets up at the local bar. Unless you didn't shoot a deer, then you get laughs at if you walk in. Oh yeah. You can't be doing that. Uh so you guys, you guys' season opened up last weekend. Yep, last Saturday, April thirtieth. Okay, so that was, I think ours opened. 
the 23rd or no it was the wednesday wednesday before last weekend it opened um so what uh i mean other people have obviously their seasons have probably already closed but um what are you kind of noticing or looking for this time of year with like turkey movement or like maybe how to set up better towards them well i'm always i'm a big stickler on roosting birds okay in my mind in my mind roosted is roasted okay that's how it works for me but if I if I don't shoot that bird right off the roost, I'm I'm gonna be on the ridge. Like it's it's a very mountainous area here, a lot of ridges, and I will just run the ridge. And okay. Every like hundred yards, I'll let out yelps or cuts, and then I'll I'll just keep running back and forth on that ridge. That's what I look for. Uh, I use Onyx maps a lot to to find ridges, to find bowls and and cuts where I think there's gonna be a bird. There's not a lot of fields here, so. I, I don't really hunt fields, even when it's raining, because turkeys in the rain, they go to fields. They eat all the, you know, insects and whatnot. Okay. And to stay out of the predator's way, because they can, a turkey in a field can see a coyote coming up in the rain. A turkey in the woods can't hear that coyote coming up in the rain. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, everything's wet. Yeah. Yep. Um... I also saw this. Uh, what is your whole take on the whole uh, decoys versus non-decoys controversy? The, uh, you know what I mean? The whole cultural divide. I think it is the dumbest thing. Yep. And me, I don't use decoys. Hardly ever. Uh, I go out and I sit next to a tree and I call. But I'm not I'm not going to bash someone if they hunt different than me. And that's that's kinda of what I'm trying to say with my platforms is you can't you can't knock someone for doing something differently than you do. Right. You can't you don't know what situation that guy's in. You don't know if he has one day to hunt and decoys just always work. You don't like you can't do anything about it. A lot of people say that reaping turkeys is causing uh, a population decline. Well, wouldn't shooting them when they come in be the same thing? I mean, a dead bird's a dead exactly. bird, you know. And a lot of people say, "Oh, you're not good enough to call turkey," and so you have to use its biological kink in the armor to hide behind a fan. Aren't we doing that already? <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Of biologically, in their brain, it's you know, hmm. it's freaking. It's sexy time for those turkeys this time of year. Right. What, like, I don't understand what people, what people think. How's that? They go to, like Michael Waddell says, it's, it's like fishing. Biologically, a fish wants to eat. Biologically, a turkey wants to breed. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. The biological kink in the armor that a turkey, that a turkey sees another turkey and wants to beat the crap out of it is the same thing as calling to a turkey. It's the same, it's, they have a pea-sized brain. Like, <laughs> well, and it's like, it's like, how's that different than, you know, like, rattling for a buck, or like, using dopey, or like... There's no difference in it at all. Yeah. That's where the argument is just wrong. I have no idea. I don't know if these guys were, like, abducted by North Korea. <laughs> And they were just, they just sat in front of a TV and were brainwashed into thinking this. 
Oh, yeah, probably. It's just dumb. You can't... The culture, the cultural divide in turkey hunting is cancerous. And it comes around every year. It comes around every year. You scroll through, you scroll through Instagram, face, Facebook, definitely. Facebook groups are just funny. And, and especially TikTok. Because on TikTok, people don't have to have the real name. People don't have to show their face. They can just shit talk all they want without any repercussions. Well, and I think a lot of that bashing the other people that are killing just shows like the people that aren't killing and they're just you know they have to shit on somebody yeah yep um you know that that's another thing i keep trying to figure out with tiktok like every time i try to post some kind of video like they just shut me down like instantly like they did i i can't put up like (laughs) i can't put up anything it's it's ridiculous so the account that I have now with twenty one thousand followers is mm. my fourth account. Oh my god! I've I've lost four hundred and fifty thousand followers. Holy shit! In the two years, that's cr- is it's a great platform to grow. Yeah, and, and get your name out there, but it's not a permanent source of uh, popularity. No, and then, you know, another thing I don't get, like, I'll post a picture of, like, me holding up my biggest buck, and and then, but someone else can post a picture of, like, poaching a deer at night, or, like, shooting something, like, dead in the yeah. face. I'm like, how did they get away with that? But I don't... There's, like, key words. Like, when I, I, I started posting videos with, with turkeys, but I won't show all the turkey, and I'll say it's my pet that's sleeping. Like, it's just little things like that that let you slip through. That's crazy. Yeah. TikTok's uh, a weird place. Yep. But it's fun. So, uh, just for, I don't know, I guess anyone wanting to get into turkey hunting or uh, maybe having issues or anything like that, is there any tip or tactic uh, you could give them? Think about this for a minute. Don't move. Don't move. Turkeys can see like 350 to 355 degrees. Okay. That's almost entirely, that's almost 360, which is everything. And they have eyes better than a hawk, which is absurd because hawks have to fly and spot prey. Turkeys just sit on the ground. That's just crazy. To less movement the better off you're going to be. If, if a turkey's coming in and you move, it's, you're done for. If you if you move in the tree shapes that you're on, you're done for. Unless it's just a stupid bird. Then you're going to be okay anyways. <laughs> but, I mean, don't overcall. Just And if you, if you are calling and you make a mistake, don't stop at the mistake. Just keep going. Because I've heard some I've heard some really screwed up calling that ended up actually being a real hen. Like, I was like, oh, there's a guy coming at me, and it was a real hen. And it just sounded like hot garbage. But you realize that not every hen sounds the same. Not every not every, not every, every tom has a long, deep gobble. Like, I've heard some toms that have horrible gobbles compared to, like, a jake. Oh, I don't doubt it. What was that? I said I don't doubt that. Yeah. 
And uh, I always try to have more than one call on me. Like, when it comes to, like, friction calls, like those, those circular pot calls, yeah. I carry a slate, a glass, and aluminum. Each of them have a different sound. And I carry six strikers made up of different materials because they have a different sound on each call. I carry two different box calls, and I carry five mouth calls. Dang. I am paranoid. Oh, I bet. I, you never know what sound is going to strike up a bird the best, or what, which one piques interest. I have an old, like, 1960s lynch box call that my father gave me when I was seven years old. Dang. In this particular valley that I'm sitting in, that call always works better than everything else. But when I was in Nebraska hunt turkeys, it didn't work at all. There's, there's just differences. Each each turkey is different. Each area is different. You have to learn how to adapt. Uh, so what uh, what do you like to use to try to roost birds or in the morning, try to locate? Uh, until about 7 o'clock, I will out with Okay. I'll just get simple. Okay. It's to be as loud and as right with the tone as possible. And usually it works. And at 7 o'clock, I'll start crow calling. Just, ah, ah, that, that nonsense. And when I was hunting in New Mexico, I used an elk bugle too, just because I wanted to. That's awesome. What, that works. Uh, an, elk, an elk bugle works. So... <clears throat> So say, all right, two two options here, I guess. Uh, so say you do strike up a bird. Do you instantly start uh, yelping or? No. No? No. Uh, it depends on how close it is. Uh, if I strike up a bird, it's within 100 yards. If hooting. If I strike up a bird, hooting, and it's within 100 yards, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to find the nearest tree, sit down, and I'm going to wait five minutes. I'm going to wait five minutes, and then I'm going to go. And if he doesn't respond, I'm going to crawl. I'm going to crawl and just get closer to where he's sounding off. And if I don't see him in the general vicinity on where he would, where I think he was, I'm going to call again. And hopefully he responds, and that's just how it works for me. Okay. Uh, so what... <clears throat> what is your tactic if, say, you are trying to locate in the morning and you don't strike anything up? I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt them like deer. Okay. I'm going. Uh, the better you are as a woodsman, woodsmanship skills is is that's my number one tip right there. Woodsmanship skills. The more time you spend in the woods, the more information your brain gathers. Makes sense. Uh, I'm a stickler on hunt, hunt, scout 90, hunt 10. 90% of the time I'm in the woods, I'm scouting 10%, I'm actively hunting. And that 90% that I'm scouting, the more information I take in about that piece of property, the more I, I look at small things like, what do turkeys eat? Bugs, nuts, all sorts of stuff. Okay. Where am I going to find a majority of that food? Oak trees. They're, they eat acorns. They eat hickory nuts that are left over from last fall. If if a turkey's not gobbling, I'm going to sit down right there and I'm going to wait and I'm going to hunt them like deer. 
Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so, well, I guess, so, just for instance, on, like, my house, you know, I got 25 acres to, to roll with, um, you know, half of it's pine trees, and the other half is, like, hardwoods and swamp, um, there's, like, a creek that runs through it, too, am I almost better off to play it off as, like, a, a deer waiting game and try to locate, well, like, when I go out there in the morning, like, I try to, uh, you know, I try to strike one up, and then I try to move in close, but like I said, you know, with the boundary lines and all that stuff, um, I I run decoys just so that if they happen to somewhat get close and see something, maybe they will come in. But uh, yeah. so how I would hunt your property, this is just me, uh, and this is actually just going to be me using decoys. I'm going to set decoys out, and I'm going to sit there, hunt them like deer, and I'm going to call every 15 minutes. Okay. And if one responds to the calling, that's when it's go time. And if one doesn't, just keep, just wait 15 minutes, call again. Eventually, they're going to come by. Eventually, you're going to get lucky and a turkey's going to come by and you're going to give it a massive headache. <laughs> Shoot the wad. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to, have to try that out because, like I said, I, you know, I try to strike one up and then. I try to get into a spot where I can see really good because we have like a, I wouldn't say like ravine like what you see out there, but like we have a valley with with a creek that rolls through and it feeds the swamp and sometimes they like to walk uh, right where the water meets the the briars, um, you know. And I I try setting up there back there sometimes. And but one thing that really threw it off this year is our our woods to the west got logged out. And they left like a bunch of piles of brush, but like they took out trees that they roosted in, like right there. <laughs> you know? That's, that's never good. Yeah. So. Never good. There's a lot of properties that I have that are really by logging. And I love logging. Like it, it's, it's necessary. Mm hmm. You know, for, for 10 years, that property's not going to be what it used to be. And it's not like, it's not like everything's gone. Like they left piles and piles and piles of like brush you know um yeah. so it's still pretty thick but it just kind of threw me off this year you know trying to i'm like well it used to only roost 10 yards off the property line and fly over here but <laughs> you know it's yeah. it makes turkeys are very nomadic very nomadic they they go where there's no pressure they're 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 left alone or if they're being you know messed with they'll They'll go two miles away on some other piece of property. Like I was messing with some turkeys before season, and this is how I figured it out. I was messing with some turkeys before season in my honey hole. Okay. Where I have where I have ten long beards all the time, and they would come in at the same time. It's just it's like a picture perfect place to hunt turkeys. I mess with them a little bit too much. There's not a single hen. There's not even a hen there. Wow. And and they're they're two miles away. And I know that because one of them has like white on its tail fan. And I was looking, and one of them had white in their tail fan. Ten gobblers and like 20 hens, two miles away from where they should be. Wow. Yeah. Very nomadic birds. Yeah, that would make me pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got other properties and I got other birds. 
I'm sure you do. Uh, so yeah, is there is there anything else you'd like to add to, you know, maybe, I don't know, you gave out some tips there, staying still and all that stuff, but uh, I didn't know if there was anything else you want to speak your mind about. My most basic tip out there is just go out there. Just walk through the woods. Walk through the woods and try and, try and like, notice things. Try and figure out what that plant is and what significance it has in the woods. What's it doing there? Why Why was it eaten down? What ate it? Like, the more little things that you can piece together in, on a particular piece of property or wherever you're at, the easier the puzzle is to solve. That's a pretty good tip there. Really dissect your area. Yeah, that's... That's like my main goal. I, I spend hours and hours in the woods every day just looking at the littlest things. Nothing wrong in that. It's only making you better. Yeah. I get paid to do it, so it's fun. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, uh, when February hits out here, we'll have to, I don't know, somehow link something up and come out here and goose hunt or something with us in the swamp. That'd be pretty fun. I love goose hunts. Well, bands, man, bands. <laughs> yeah, like I said, if you if you're ever down, uh, like I said, I got a place you can stay, and we can we can get this thing going. So, I'm all about waterfowl hunting, man. I like it more than deer, honestly, just because I can be out there with my buddies and I don't have to worry about sun control. Yeah, you know, uh, is that? I think you're only, you know, well, Pennsylvania. I mean, depending where you're at, but it's only like seven hours, so. Horrible state in Ohio. Oh, dude, it's flatland desert. But uh, yeah, no, we'll have to we'll have to keep in touch. And like I said, I'd it'd be fun to have you out here because I bring my buddies out here and we go back there for chase after some goose. So, um, sweet man. Heck yeah! Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, appreciate all the time you know going into this and taking a chance with some random dude. But uh. <laughs> I'm glad we could get you on here, and hopefully we can talk again soon, uh, maybe for another. Yeah, no problem. I'm always down to talk. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll catch you later. Guys. Thank you. I want to say thank you for completing this dream of mine. Hey, it's, it's not much of a setup over here, but we, we do what we can. So, uh, yeah, ain't nothing but a thing, so... But yeah, you guys know where we stand and deer don't care about your feelings. We'll see you next time.